0: on this episode of Business Interrupted.
1: Every crisis I've faced has been different. In some cases, there's a plan in place. In other cases, there's just no plan. 9-11 was one of those times where nobody expected anything like that. COVID, uh, you know, I I could argue that we had pandemic plans in place, but I'd also say that the minute COVID started, those plans were kind of pushed to the side or almost needed to be completely re- Assessed and enhanced to meet the challenges that we were facing.
0: Business as usual is challenged every day. It's not about if disruption occurs, it's when. On this original show from Castellan Solutions, we're learning from the world's best leaders so you can be ready for whatever comes next. I'm your host, Shia Marling. When we think about the moments that make us, most think of a difficult decision, a leadership challenge or a big project, or maybe even a disruptive coworker. For our guest, that moment occurred on September 11, 2001. Larry Nafa was the deputy CIO for the city of New York during 9-11. In the aftermath, he was faced with unbelievable and potentially crippling obstacles. Instead of crumbling under the pressure and stepping down, he stepped up and the lessons gained from the experience have influenced his career and leadership for the last 20 years. As the conversation unfolds, you'll hear how Larry learned the importance of relationships and why you don't always need to have all the answers. You have pivoted your career in so many different ways, and I can't think of many professionals who have gone from the public sector to the private sector to the public sector to the private sector. Not only that, but you were also there during 9-11. What is one thing that kind of comes to mind during that time that you feel can really help commemorate that day?
1: It's hard to believe it's been 20 years, and that was certainly a pivotal point in my career. It's honestly a bit hard to talk about that as something that's part of your career because there were so many people impacted it by 9-11, I lost friends and colleagues. So I hate to think of that as a career moment, but there were a lot of things that I learned through that experience and many people that I worked with learned and, and that we certainly took with us through the rest of our career to, to help. You know, I've been managing crises for years since then. And much of what I learned came out of the 9-11 experience. It really was one of those times where there was no plan. You had to use what you knew, use the networks that you have, use the people that you know to get things done. We really got some amazing things done in a very difficult time. And much of that came along. And luckily, I've been able to use it for crises in other firms where I've worked, whether it's, you know, Hurricane Sandy or even today managing through COVID.
0: When you look back at all those different events you've been through, what was one of the key things that you have really taken away from all the different events that you've been able to apply?
1: Every crisis I've faced has been different. In some cases, there's a plan in place. In other cases, there's just no plan. 9-11 was one of those times where nobody expected anything like that. COVID, uh, you know, I I could argue that we had pandemic plans in place, but I'd also say that the minute COVID started, those plans were kind of pushed to the side or almost needed to be completely reassessed and enhanced to meet the challenges that we were facing. So I think just being agile and flexible and able to fully assess what's happening and prioritize on what's critical, what really needs to get dealt with because there's a lot of ways to get distracted during a crisis. And you need to understand the key things that you're trying to get done and really use that to bring people together to have a common mission and be able to execute on that. Otherwise, you know, that's where you see a crisis going horribly badly where people don't know what they're trying to achieve, they aren't focused on the same thing. So just understanding the goal getting the players together, and making sure everybody is is headed in the same direction. Just critical during a crisis.
0: And you mentioned being agile with your plans. I'm thinking about all the different competencies, all the different soft skills that come into play. What would you say is your top competency when you look at your soft skills that you've really been able to grow upon over the years?
1: I would say there's soft skills And there's something, I'm not sure I have the name for it. It's a little different than a soft skill, but it's a way of evolving. And I think that constantly evolving through your career is probably one of the most important things you can do. I've been spending a lot of time over the last 10 years or so with other chief security officers. And in that area, what I tend to see is there's this convergence of physical and information security. And where the chief security officers that have been typically focused on physical security haven't evolved and at least been able to speak the language with their information security peers, they're being left behind. And being able to understand how the industry that you're in is evolving is really, really critical. You're going to be left behind if you aren't able to make those transitions and keep up, you know, and learn something new all the time because you'll eventually become a dinosaur. If you look at soft skills, one of the, the very first experiences I had during 9-11, I was in an empty pier on the West Side Highway of Manhattan. And there was another empty pier next door, and those two piers were about to be converted into the city 's command center because we had lost our command center when Seven World Trade Center was destroyed, and a family assistance center we were going to bring all the families where they would sort of connect with the city to get services to help find their missing loved ones and These were empty piers, a hundred thousand square feet each, nothing in them and I was responsible for getting one up and running and Somebody else was responsible for getting the other up and running. But the resources that we were using were all the same people. They were all the same companies. They were all the same employees. We didn't know each other well at the time. And the first thing that happened was we got into contention over resources. And we had a bit of, a, of an issue <laughs> and a bit of a, a screaming match, in all honesty. But we quickly got to know each other. And we quickly realized that we were going to have to work together and get along. And we did. We became 10 times more successful than we ever could have been on our own. The, the key there was it was it's all about relationships. Ultimately, you have to have those networks. You have to have people that you can count on, that you can trust and that, that trust you to help get things done.
0: So thinking about COVID, what would you say is the one thing about COVID that you've had to learn and really grow upon as a professional?
1: I think COVID has shown us all that we don't know what we don't know. I can think of so many assumptions along the way that we made that just proved to be wrong. And I think what we really realized was we are sometimes less in control of our destiny than we might like to acknowledge. The fact that we're still in this 18 months later, when originally when we talked about COVID, if you remember, it was, let's just go home and stay home for two weeks and we'll come out of this. And boy, has a lot changed since then. I do think building on what the public sector and the private sector have done since nine eleven really, is created an infrastructure or a baseline that made the transition to the post-COVID work environment far easier than anyone would have ever dreamt. Just the, the idea that for my company that we were able to overnight turn the switch and have 16,000 employees working remotely, not missing a beat, managing through record trading volatility, and being able to manage all of that from 16,000 home offices was you know, nothing short of miraculous. And it, and I think it was largely due to those plans that we had put in place. And you know, there wasn't a specific plan that said for COVID, go do X, Y, and Z. But the infrastructure was there, the, the, the capabilities, the testing that had been done, all made it possible and enabled us to flip that switch and, and make that transition.
0: Give us one kind of example or illustration of your career when you really had to be challenged and step out of your comfort zone. My
1: wife tends to say that there wasn't a job that I started on day one that I knew anything about. And I think that is a little bit scary in some ways, but also a bit true. And I think something I encourage people to do is like take some chances. If people believe in you, if you're willing to take a little bit of risk, try things that are out of your your comfort zone. So going back in my career when I was at Comdisco, And I was a new consultant. We were doing business continuity consulting and disaster recovery consulting. And honestly, my background was more business continuity than disaster recovery at the time. And I was with a a more senior person that had been with the company for a while. And he was telling me about what we were going to do. And we were going to write a disaster recovery plan for a mid-range computer. And I remember turning to him and saying, what's a mid-range computer? <laughs> and he said, don't worry, follow along. We're going to figure this out together. And we went and we spoke to the client. And we asked a thousand questions. And I realized then the beauty of consulting was that you just simply ask the client a lot of probing questions and they know everything that you need to get out of them. And next thing you know, we had a really good plan that they tested and it worked. So I think, you know, the beauty of that story as, as um, insulting as it may be to consultants everywhere is that you can go into things where you really don't know the answer, but you have help, you have good questions to ask, and you can come out with a good product in the end.
0: Larry's career has spanned several transitions between the public and private sectors. What rings true for him, no matter the space? Here's his advice to his younger self.
1: I think having a mentor is key. I've had some great mentors in my career, and some of them are good friends to this day. Knowing who those people are and finding them and finding a way to get in front of them and have them accept you and, and help you is something that everybody should be doing. I would say take some risks right, and look for those opportunities and also constantly learn. Figure out where your industry is going and how you stay up to speed with it, how you get ahead. Those are all critical. You don't want to just be passed by, by an industry, by an expertise you want to stay up to date.
0: Looking back over your career, is there one point of your career where you feel that was the biggest pivoting moment to get you to where you are today?
1: Obviously, 9-11 was a really big one. And again, at the time, it wasn't about career. It was about a mission, a common purpose that we all had. There was just things that we needed to do. Nobody was sitting and thinking about their career. But I think that's actually really important right? Because we had purpose. One thing that I walked away from nine eleven, and that I've carried with me my whole career is you have to have a career or a job that has purpose. If you don't, you've got a job, right? You have purpose in what you do. You have a career. You have something that you love, something that you care about, something that's more than just going and, and clocking in at nine and leaving at 5 p.m. You want that purpose. And what I learned was that there are jobs where you're going to have that purpose in their jobs or you're not and when you don't that's when you know you need to leave so where i've had a a short stay at, at a company it's because i didn't find any real purpose in being there and places like where i am now blackrock for you know over eight years now i have really found that purpose and it just gives more meaning to everything i do and and better results for the company
0: Any word of advice you'd like to give our listeners about anything that they can really utilize to pivot their career forward?
1: Take opportunities as you get them. Don't be afraid of a challenge. You only grow when you challenge yourself and you're not going to be successful every time, but that shouldn't let people stop trying, right? You know, even from, from failure, you come out with something, learning something, Finding a better way to do things. But even with success, you know, you have to be careful that just because you were successful at something one time and you try to do something else the next time, it doesn't mean you're going to be successful. And so you need to give it your all and you need to be really committed and focused and have an understanding of what you're doing what the people around you are doing and build networks where you will have people that will support you and help you. I can't think of anything in my career that I've done that was completely on my own that mattered. Everything that I've done of consequence involved lots of other people who were either supporting me, guiding me alongside with me. And we did things as a team. And you know, there really is no, there's no pure individual contributor anymore. That's just not a thing that is scalable. So you've gotta, you've gotta make sure that those connections and relationships are real and helpful.
0: Thanks for listening to Business Interrupted. I'm Shia Arling for this Leaders episode. To get more insights and resources, head over to castellonbc.com and follow along wherever you get your audio.